0: Bitcoin Roundtable: Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin. Well, good evening and welcome back, everybody. This is episode 68 of Bitcoin Roundtable. Vince here with Darren and Libby. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Hey, so did you hear about all the uh, flooding going on up where we are in and Terry own stuff? Well, that sounds like you got something to talk about. Well, you know, you can't help but talk about it. Yeah. Um, For anybody listening out there, we are in uh, Collingwood, Ontario, and there's uh, quite a bit of flooding going on just north of us, up in the Huntsville, Gravenhurst, Muskoka area.
1: I have about an hour north, uh, northeast, and that's kind of where all the flooding's happening. Which is understandable, because it won't stop goddamn raining. It's been raining for like a month, and it's been cold. It's just kind of inhospitable weather, but... uh, I don't know. May's here now, I guess, so
0: it should start warming up, but no no consolation to a lot of people <sighs> up there who are I would underwater. Yeah, yeah, well, they brought in the National Guard to help them. Yeah. Like, they're really, some of them are really screwed, and yeah. I think... Quebec is uh, definitely... Quebec, yeah. And I heard there's something going on out the East Coast as well.
1: Yeah, more rain there, too. Yeah.
2: Well, it's three provinces are
1: under emergency, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. Three provinces. So, yeah. Nova Scotia up there? New Brunswick,
2: definitely. New Brunswick.
0: Okay. East coast, yeah. Uh, maybe Nova Scotia. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting getting pretty bad. You gotta wonder, cause uh, I was watching them put sandbags up around this levee, and they said they put like two million sandbags to hold up the levee. I got thinking, two million sandbags. How long would it take to fill two million sandbags? A lifetime. Right. I'm guessing this wasn't the truth. It was just a major exaggeration. Maybe they have some machine that does it. I don't know. If, if the whole army's involved. Two million sandbags? Come <laughs> on, Nick. When you stop to think about it, you just. I don't know. Have you filled sandbags before? I haven't. How long does it take you to do one? I, I gotta guess, uh, filled and tied. Five minutes? Well, let's say maybe not that long. But. But it would slow down if you got going. so oh, how many yeah. could you do an hour, would you say like 15, 20 an hour? That you sound? could probably do more than that in an hour.
1: Okay, you, yeah. So yeah, one person I, if they can do twenty five in an hour, if they do it say five <laughs> hours.
0: So two million I mean, would be
1: five bags per person. Yeah, I think a lot of people.
0: Yeah. You know, just Well, it's a huge effort. So. Sure and I couldn't imagine watching water or take my house away and not have any insurance and basically you're screwed. Yeah.
2: Well, that's going to happen all over the world.
0: Well, you got to wonder with global warming, right?
2: Defense. Well, there
0: you go. Like, buy, buy a house on, on the top of a hill, people. Don't buy it the water. <laughs> yes.
2: Seriously. Absolutely do. Well, well,
0: sure, if you can. Yeah. There you go.
2: You'll be safe, Vince. True,
0: but I'm can. i I'm still not on the top of the hill. I can still get it. It can still run down. Be safe. I don't think my house is going to wash away, no. No. If your house gets flooded, we're probably all dead. We're yeah. probably all dead anyway, yeah. Yeah, what yeah. Else oh. yeah. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, a lot of pressure
1: on the Canadian government right now to get rid of the stress test. Okay, Why? Well, Tim Hudak, who used to be a politician, is now the president of the Ontario Realtors Association, or the Canadian Realtors Association. Maybe Ontario. Okay. It's the same old shit, right? Yeah. They want to get rid of the stress test to keep house prices high. Oh, they don't say that. You know, they want to get rid of the stress test to allow more new entrants in the market to be able to afford to buy their houses. Um... You know, and it's basically completely official that they some there's some stat out there. They looked at the numbers and they said if if the stress test was gone, house prices would instantly rise on average by thirty six thousand dollars per house. So really, what happens is you get rid of the stress test, you just inflate the cost of the house. So there's no real advantage to it. The Downside is it increases the risk of buyers being able to not handle a mortgage in case there's you know, which is why something st- negative happens right which so, is
0: why the stress was put in there in the first place
1: right but now they all want they want to get rid of it and TD banks in there too right because well, what's course. happening with the stress tests are the banks I mean they're literally they can if the person fails the stress test a a big bank cannot give them a mortgage right. So there's been a large increase in private mortgages mm-hmm. people going to um you know, private, private lenders, lenders and stuff. Yeah. So the banks are missing out on business, so the banks want the business so they are now advocating for the stress test to be dumped or lessened, as they say. Basically all the power, all the money wants the stress test gone, although it's a good thing I I believe for home buyers. If you wanna buy a house, you know the stress test will allow the house prices to come down a bit so you can buy more house for less money.
0: The stress, and it's helping people out. Like, let's remember, if you can't afford two points above what you're paying now, you probably shouldn't be. Despite what you may believe, there's still a massive
1: component of the population that believes house prices are going to keep going up. So everybody's still trying to scramble in to get a house so they can sell it for more money later on is it rational not really the rational side of it would say well considering that real wages haven't risen in what like 15 years or something like that you know the ultimate ultimately the price of a house is is tied to wage which would really be an obvious indication for many people that house prices are heavily still heavily overinflated yet Everyone wants to jump in because they don't want to go in the stock market. I think most Canadians believe that investing your money for retirement means
0: buying a house and then selling it later for, them for more money. Well, because those are the stories they're hearing right now, right? Those baby boomers who bought their homes in Toronto for 40000 and they're selling them for a million and a half, two million now. But supply and demand affects house pricing. Sure. Like as long as you've if you're got- making
1: sixty thousand a year, yeah, and you want you know, but all the houses are priced at one point five million. You know, there's no demand because it's not it's not affordable. So affordability drives demand, and um, now supply is a bit of that side as well. You know, the supply side of housing is gauged as it's a it's a component of time. So the number of houses that are for sale currently in some specific town. Mm-hmm. Would be three months worth. Okay. So, basically, the number of houses that sell per week, you know what I mean. They, they say, okay, well, it would take X number of weeks to sell them in this many houses that are currently on the market. I don't know. There's some explosive numbers coming out of B C, but of course, B C is also driven by uh, Premier Horgan. Basically, you're you're punished heavily for being a homeowner, especially if you own more than one. If you own a vacation home that's in B.C., you're super punished because you're basically forced to pay money
0: if it's empty. You know, it's an empty house tax. It's also a second house tax. But didn't they do that to stop a lot of the foreign buyers? from? I heard they have entire yeah, streets you know, in Vancouver that no one's living in their houses. It's funny that you say that. You know, when we talked about this, even,
1: I think, last year, that it's basically a myth, the whole foreign buyer thing. And they just did a study, I think in February, in Canada, Royal Bank did a study. And they said, you know, foreign buyers account for, I think, less than 6% of the buyers. And what it really is, is, uh, you know, you and me, Canadians, that uh, speculating and buying, and the speculators buying multiple houses, all that kind of stuff, just ramping it up. Sure, they they brought in a tax on the uh, the foreign buyers as well. To me, it was a political move because everyone thinks it's foreign buyers that's killing real estate. So it's you know you throw it out there to, to basically make sure you get elected. But, you know the number of houses on market in in BC right now. I think it's like it's exploded upwards, a like huge amount. Sales are dropping, and then the number of listings is just exploding because people are seeing you know some major price decreases. I mean, you are living right now in the time where you know BC real estate is going off a cliff. You think, oh, it is. It is. Prices are down 20%. It's been enough, you know. So people buy a $4 million property, you know, hoping to flip it a year later for 5. All of a sudden now they realize the house exactly like theirs on the same street, just sold for 3.6. And all of a sudden now, you know, it's going down to
0: 3.4. I, I, I have little sympathy for those people, though.
1: Oh, I'm not saying I sympathize with like. them or anything. I'm just saying the reality is, if you've got a massive mortgage, you know, and your money is made by buying and selling houses, mm. right now you're selling because you want to get the hell out. Sure. Because what if, you know, what if all of a sudden... The house beside you sells for three million. Yeah. You you realize your house is only worth three million and you bought it for four a year ago. Mhm. Add At well. closing costs and interest, I mean, you just lost one point two million, and uh, that breaks people, and that also breaks banks. Things like that are happening, and you know, especially in BC, because it's accelerated with Premier Horgan's uh, interesting. <laughs> He's basically penalizing anyone with with substantial. Money or you know multiple houses or houses
0: that were, were worth over a certain amount they pay a higher tax rate now. Yeah. I think it's a world that really doesn't know what they're doing. They're trying to figure things out as they go, and you know, population continue to grow. Therefore, more people are going to continue to want homes. If yeah, more but, people, I mean that's not. A, just listen to me for a sec. right? If more people want homes, what makes you think the price will ever? It might not go up, but what makes you think it will or could go down? The birth rate in Canada is declining. The
1: only way they're getting actually, you know, an increase in population in Canada is to bring in more people. Oh, sure. So, you know, Canada is not indicative of the world. You know, the highest growth rate globally is uh, China, Africa, India. Right. So, yeah, you know, buy property somewhere where there's a huge population growth, sure. But every market's local Mm in Canada I don't know maybe if you're 20 you could buy a house and when you turn 60 you might make a windfall I don't know but
0: so back to the stress test do you think they'll get it eliminated oh I think so do you yeah I think this fall because there's a federal election coming so right
1: they'll get rid of the stress test in hopes to get more votes Mm mm-hmm right I don't really feel it's going to have too much of an effect on the trend of house prices though because the trend right now is down yes it's going to continue going down and my personal opinion is it's got a long way to
0: go yet to go down yeah
1: yeah you know that can change or whatever with monetary policy and perhaps you know the institute negative interest rates to make sure that all these house owners make sure you know get paid Hmm. keep the house prices high so all the baby boomers can exit with uh, some money in their pocket. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like the IMF. A blog post on negative interest rates by the IMF, and uh, I recommend everybody read it. Right. There's two people that work for the IMF that are making... I think it was basically how to make negative interest rates work. And to me... You know, an article like that coming from the IMF, I suspect in many ways that some finance ministers of countries and banking organizations would look to the IMF for an indication of which way the wind is blowing in the, in the monetary world. And when the IMF starts validating and talking about ways that a, a country could make negative interest rates work, To me, it really is a sign pointing to the future Mm -hmm. where you actually will see negative interest rates
0: instituted. That, really? You think so?
1: Yeah. Wow. Effectively, you know, it goes through some things like talking about countries issuing an electronic form of the currency, (laughs) which is very heavily correlated to Bitcoin and quite interesting. Let's make up a name uh, for Canadian electronic currency. Let's call it the the ECAD. Okay. Okay. And then we have the Canadian dollar um, in cash. So, you, yes. you know, you have a loonie. You can uh, officially pay... Either one is considered legal currency. Yeah. You can pay bills with ECAD or sure. loonies. But the IMF is trying to reduce the use of cash. But what would happen is, say, you know, um, 10 ECAD... Maybe equivalent to ten dollars Canadian, mm-hmm. and then with negative interest rates, eventually, if you wanted to get ten eCAD, you would have to give me eleven dollars Canadian. So your cash is actually losing value, and if you had a bank account, say you had fifty thousand in the bank, the negative interest rates would also apply there, so that if you walked in a year later, you know, not, not even to mention service fees. You know, you may wind up with like I don't know, forty eight thousand in cash in a, in your bank account. Like it would be applied across the board to everyone, not just banks. So negative interest rates would be, you know, and they view it as a very positive thing to make sure that people don't hold on to their cash and they spend it. You know, in their view, it's important. It's important that the economy is always boosted and people are spending as much money as they possibly can. Well, that's true. You know, if you truly care about your population, you hope that people actually have some money <laughs> saved, you know, and they're, they've they got it invested so that they can actually fund their retirement. Everything I'm seeing on, you know, from a government-driven standpoint is always based on trying to get you, the consumer, to consume and spend as much as possible. It's, it's a weird thing. But anyways... Yeah. The most interesting part of it to me is how does Bitcoin fare in that type of situation? It fares beautifully because they can't print more Bitcoin. You know, mm-hmm. negative interest rates it doesn't apply to Bitcoin. They can't set, you know, interest on Bitcoin. It's a it's a world currency. It just is what it is. Mhm. To me, you know, it's another sign of of the future that really makes you wonder why Bitcoin isn't adopted a lot more quickly than it already is now. Because when negative interest rates come in, it will become a lot more important to you yet again to try to retain what is yours. Right. And, you know, when it comes to money, people are used to holding on to money thinking they're able to retain what is theirs. The IMF blog is really pointing out the future strategy to try to ensure that you know, whatever cash you have in your pocket will just continually decline in value and you know, governments will be happy because the massive debts they've run up will be will decrease in value right? Because $20,000 today, I mean it's a lot but yeah. you know when negative interest rates get applied all of a sudden it's not as much as it was and over mm-hmm. you know, and over years, the the debt becomes much smaller. You know, sure, okay, maybe there's not a lot of big Bitcoin full on advocates, and you know, there's always a risk to everything. If you're a, if you're prudent, and consider yourself a steward of your own assets and finances, you really do have to have some percentage
0: of your assets in something like bitcoin cryptocurrency of some sort
1: uh, it decreases your risk sure if you got money spread out in multiple things you're you know if one thing blows up it's not as risky for you cuz you didn't have all your your uh, eggs in one basket yeah you know and if you start seeing negative interest rates come on strong you know I have to have a percentage of your assets in bitcoin even a small percentage i think uh there's been a couple in the Wall Street analysts that talk about portfolios with less than 5% of the uh, the portfolio in Bitcoin mm-hmm. is certainly enough mm-hmm. because if Bitcoin starts to take off, even if the rest of your investments, 95% of your investments get cut in half, if Bitcoin goes, yeah. it's going to go up 100 times yeah. in
0: value. So yeah
1: it's a huge you know what i mean well, that's what they're talking offsetting about offsetting
0: your risk right is
1: what you're doing exactly yeah and that's exactly what they say right yeah you don't have to have all of your money in bitcoin in fact you know at this point if there's any risk that bitcoin doesn't actually work out i personally think it's small but even if it is a significant risk you know, that's why you don't have all your money in Bitcoin. Oh, and
0: we, we've talked about that many times. Right? But I don't think
1: anybody really does. I just, I well. Mean, <laughs> there's not many that would anyway, so I certainly don't. But I got a good chunk of it in Bitcoin
0: because I believe in it. And, I, and if it does take off, it's it's huge, right? hmm Speaking of Bitcoin, I was reading something about, they think they found... Uh, what Satoshi Nakamoto? Yeah, Satoshi Nakamoto. They think they found him. Oh, I haven't heard about and that. And somebody, somebody said they're going to release who he is. Oh wow! Yeah, mm-hmm. you've been
1: reading up on it. I a agree.
0: little bit, yeah. So it's not Craig Wright. Well, I, don't, I can't talk about him too much. I don't want to get sued. Except for um, you, Vince. Yeah, Hi. it's me. I've got a million Bitcoin. <gasps> You're Satoshi Nakamoto. Yep, I am. Oh. Yeah. Wow! I lucked out being a friend of Satoshi's. I didn't yep. even know it. Would you like a couple hundred thousand Bitcoin? I got a million. Well, I always wanted to buy Hong Kong. Oh. <laughs> 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 um, by the way, Vince can't
2: even get into his email, so
0: he didn't Oh, did <laughs> oh that's <Nate>. oh, that, <laughs> nice. Oh, whoa,
2: whoa. What
0: do you mean I can't get I had no problem getting into my email. Our, our producers are a little sensitive about email right now yeah I, I i came over to record and my whole entire email and social media accounts have all gotten hacked and all the passwords have been changed and i've been told that i no longer get to monitor them well actually you couldn't get into them so no that's not true the one wouldn't sync is the only problem i could get in well i couldn't get into what the one th- I
2: so you Look. couldn't monitor them I just said I, I would like You want to, to keep
0: a it. close eye on them
2: I would oversee yeah. them
0: <laughs> You know like a, like a mother would say to their five year old at the playground well, that's because remember we, There's
2: a history there
1: Ben You've lost access to some <laughs> accounts that were it was important not
0: to lose access to I have I have There's yeah. a history Now you have a supervisor assigned <laughs> I know there's a lot of people out there that are in the Executive same damn assistant. boat I'm in there's too many freaking passwords, too many freaking accounts, too many freaking links, too many... Oh. oh, I get it. And I I don't have a password book. Well, maybe you should get one. Like, no. My wife has a password book, and she writes all her passwords down. She keeps them in the top drawer of her computer desk.
2: Yeah, my dad does all it, right. and he laminates it, and he puts it on next to his desk.
1: Yeah. If you're going to get hacked, I mean, you know, it's usually someone online hacking you, right? Not... Someone breaking in. Someone in. in your same house, but if someone <laughs> breaks in, sure. But you know, I mean, you know, many people keep different password books for different things,
0: right? Keep some uh, somewhere, and then keep some in a different place. You have to write them down nowadays, because you can't possibly remember them, because they make you set them up with difficulty strength. So you have well, to. Well, look, put- you know, that's there's also two
1: FA, you know, the encrypted protocol that with your phone and. I mean, there's other options as well. It's not always
0: you're right. super conference.
1: convoluted, but it can get convoluted quite easily. Well, or, uh,
2: I, I lost one of my Bitcoin wallets because my phone died. I,
1: I did the same it. thing.
2: Something happened. It's gone forever anyway.
1: Yeah, with 2, 2FA, you have to copy down the code yeah. that they give you.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't.
1: And if you don't, then you're going to have a real problem.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They said I can never get it back. They, they said basically just keep trying every password you could. And I was like, yeah, but it's a 12 word password. I'll be there forever. Yeah. So it's gone. Oh, but no. I learned a valuable lesson, everyone.
1: Why don't you just uh, get your wife to sew the passwords on the inside of your socks?
2: I'm sure she'd be up for that, Vince.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm for sure she would too. My, now, my mom probably would do it. <laughs>
2: yeah, your mom would do it. If
0: I asked my mom, she probably That's would do it. That's actually not a bad idea. As long as, my you mom know, would do it. What happens when you lose it's your better. socks?
2: Why don't you tattoo them below your lovely tattoo?
0: My that. passwords? Yeah, I some just, people just get, get some passwords more. tattooed just on them. Yeah.
2: But you never forget them. They'd be tattooed forever on your skin. It's an option.
0: Thanks for listening this week everybody sorry it was uh, a little off topic here and there but uh, we appreciate yeah, you coming out
1: we were scrambling around a bit there but we covered some interesting points and you know bitcoin value is interesting too you know there's a, like it happened a little while ago there's a lot of people saying it's going to be going down so i love i love it when i hear that cuz all the speculators short it which means it'll actually go up right <laughs> And I think
0: it's around fifty four hundred. I was right gonna now. say, yeah, it's shy of fifty four or something. The stability is nice to see.
1: Some people are still calling for three thousand. I don't know. Hard to say, but it's definitely looking optimistic going forward from here. Anyways, good night.
0: Bitcoin Roundtable: Random musings
2: and interviews about Bitcoin.